This is the Brew World Order Podcast. Welcome to the Brew World Order Podcast. My name is Mike Hurton. If you haven't subscribed yet, have I got a deal for you. Subscribe now and you get to listen to the episode for free. And all the other ones as well. What a deal, huh? This is episode number 63, and in this episode, I sit down with Dan Scandifio and Brett Blau, co-owners of Long Beach Brewing Company in Oceanside, New York. Dan and Brett tell me about the problems they endured while trying to open, who inspired them the most in the brewing industry, and they tell us how during COVID, they would literally load up their cars and deliver beer to people door-to-door to stay afloat. I actually tried that with the Brew World Order podcast. I went door-to-door to deliver the good word about the podcast being available on all platforms to people in my neighborhood. I even refused to leave their porch until they subscribed. Two black eyes and eight broken ribs later, I still have no followers. So that's good. Care to be my first? I hope you do. And I hope you sit back, crack open a cold one, and enjoy this episode of the podcast. Praise Jeebus. Dan Scandifio grew up in Brooklyn, New York. He wound up attending high school out in Baldwin, Long Island, and after he graduated, went straight on to help with the family business, Lenny and John's Pizza on Flatbush Avenue in Brooklyn. After Dan got married, his father-in-law got him into home-brewing beer, and from that point on, they continued to brew more and more frequently. At some point, Dan went through a divorce, which led to a break in his home-brewing, but things would pick back up when he would connect with his two future business partners. Brett Blau grew up in West Islip, Long Island. He attended St. John's College for TV and would go on to become a video editor. It led him towards a very successful career and won many Emmys for his work. He and his wife moved to Long Beach, Long Island. When his wife got pregnant and was bedridden, Brett decided to get into home brewing. Not knowing many people in the area, he thought it would be a good way to keep busy. One day, he met Patrick Harton, who just happened to homebrew as well, and the two started homebrewing together. Soon thereafter, Patrick introduced Brett to Dan. The three began brewing together, and then one day they decided that it was time to open a brewery together. The idea for Long Beach Brewing Company was born, but that was only the beginning. And Dan and Brett are here with me today. Dan, Brett, how's it going? Hey, Michael, how's it going? All right, thank how's you. How's it for, going, Mike? Thank you Thanks for, for having uh, us on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being here. During that whole process, I know it was a very long one. The process from the moment you both decided to open a brewery from the moment you actually opened your doors. Can you just give me a a quick breakdown? Because I know it's a long, tedious process that kind of went down, right? The first thing was filing and filing and filing and filing. (laughs) Right. It's it's never-ending. It's a never-ending paper mountain. It's funny because the TTB is now all computerized, so it's a lot easier. New York State is still a lot of paper. You have to actually put stamps on things and send them in this thing called mail. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, you know what? I can't tell. A st- I totally forgot. Hold on. I, I forgot to open this up. I'm sorry. So once we filed everything, it was a long, long wait. When we got our licensing, we began contract brewing. I'll hand it off to Dan for the contract brewing part. Let's, let's go back and forth. Okay. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, we we kind of met in around two in 2014, and uh, I was introduced to Brett through our ex partner um, with you know getting this company started. And uh, when we decided to make a go of it, it was like, all right, we're going full on, heads on, balls to the wall. Let's do this. And uh, like Brett said, the paperwork filing took 
took millennia to finish. Right. Uh, right. And then when, when we started contract brewing, we were graciously offered um, help through uh, Oyster Bay Brewing Company. Yeah, they were great. Uh, okay. They were great. One of the owners, Ryan, reached out to me. We had met. We had met at an event somewhere, and uh, you know he, they, you know, like in jest said, "Let let me know if there's anything I can ever do to help you guys out." So, few months later, he shot me a text message saying, "How are things progressing? Do you guys need any help with anything?" And I said, "Yeah, it would be great if you could brew our beer for us for now until we get our equipment all up and running." Yeah, right. And uh, he was like, "Done deal. Come down and talk to our brewer. Let's get this rolling for you. Let's get you out into the, you know, get you out into the market." And uh, we did. We jumped on the opportunity. We released uh, our first beer with them, which was our West Coast style IPA called uh, Ghost Wave. Right. And um, we brewed a few batches with them there. And then they got a little bit too busy to help us out anymore. Um, you know, basically they had to focus on their own production. So we were introduced to um, a guy named Dan Moss, who was the brewer over at Fire Island Brewing Company before they went to Funk. And uh, they offered to help us out. And they, then we started contract brewing our beer there for a while. And the good thing was that both companies allowed us to be very hands-on with the whole brewing process. Right, okay. Which gave us a lot of insight on what it would be like to run our own facility. So it was really a good training ground for us, you know? For a lot of, for a lot of levels, too, because we even, when we got our first brew from, from Oyster Bay Brewing Company, uh, you know, we're like, they're like, all right, what are you going to do, put this in kegs or cans? And our jaws dropped, like, uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, so, so not only not only do we have to go out and order. Well, we got kegs. Uh, that's that's a whole fun story too that Dan can tell you. But then we're like, we gotta make labels. And everybody looked at me because I work in television, so I had to start making labels, even though I never made a label before. It's funny because running a brewery is is is, is a multi leveled more than a lot of other businesses. I always draw the analogy. Like a shoe store, you pay rent, you buy shoes, you sell shoes. Brewing, right. it is multi-level on so many aspects. So like dealing with the government, dealing with inventory, dealing dealing with 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 quality control, and then even those little things like the end the end label, the end process of the whole thing. Right. Yeah. And, but we love it. We absolutely love it. We learned, like Dan said, we learned from these guys. They were fantastic. They gave us so much knowledge for the out of you know from soup to nuts about the beer industry. So it was great. Gotcha. So yeah, and for those that don't know, it's a contract brewing is when you ask another brewery to kind of brew your beer or you brew in their brewery, right? Just so. Yes, they brew. They brew the true contract brewing is they brew the beer for you. You right. pay them. Okay. And they yeah. brew the beer for you. And, uh, and there's gypsy brewing. Gypsy brewing is when you go to a brewery and then you brew it yourself at their brewery. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's the next step. All right. And, uh, uh, and there's also there's also another term called alternate proprietorship, where another brewery can rent space in your brewery and brew beer on your equipment, but they have 100 percent control over all of their product 
because they're actually renting space from you in right. your facility. Yes, I've heard I've heard of that before. We, we do that with a company called 18th Ward Brewing Company in our facility. Right. They're over in Brooklyn. I, I've been there before. Yes. Yeah. 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 They're great guys, too. It's, yeah. That's the, that's the good thing about this industry. It's, you know, everybody's in like a friendly competition. Everybody, you know, is out to make some money, but everybody helps everybody out. You know, there's even been cases like with the local breweries around us, South Shore and Bright Eye. You know, somebody needs a bag of grain or somebody's missing some cleaning chemicals. You know, we'll, somebody will run it over to the other person and help them out. Right, for sure. The, the yeah, friendly brotherhood. Great thing about the industry. So, where did you guys go about finding the capital to fund your business? We uh, got an SBA loan. We wanted as much as we could to keep the equity within our own possession. So, even though the SBA loan is is a bear uh, to get and everything, you know, we still have our own equity, and that's that. That was our most important thing. Right. When opening a brewery, what's something you never thought you were going to have to actually deal with? <laughs> So, so much, so oh, much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so many things, you know. Uh, from all right, now we made this beer. What what do we do with it? You know, where do we go? Who who do we? How, how do we sell it? What's what's you know like we had no experience in in this industry whatsoever. We're literally you know green at the gills, if you will. Right. And, uh, you know, now we had a, you know, now we had, we have a pile of beer. Who do we sell it to? And <laughs> how did we that, do it? <laughs> yeah. That was an aha moment. It was right. Like, aha. Now what? <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. but then, you know, going out, making the phone calls, you know, hitting the pavement, going to bars, going to restaurants, uh, hitting every beverage center we can and trying to convince them to, take in another product while they still have like 900 other brands on the shelves. Now you got to kind of convince them like, why should, why should they buy my beer? Why should they buy, you know, the product from Long Beach Brewing Company that, you know, me and Brett are trying to sell, you know, how do you convince these people to take something else in when they already have, you know, a thousand different beers in their, in their portfolio, in their beverage center. Right. That was, you know, that that sometimes is like every time you walk in the door, be prepared to get kicked in the nuts because it happens a lot. You know, yeah. where you hear the word no a lot. Okay, yeah, and, and uh, I guess you have to you know, be. You got to have a thick skin on it. Be prepared to be a car salesman, so to speak. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Except we're not. Except we're not trying to. We're not trying to snow anybody over. Oh, of course, no, no, of course not. Or not as as possible. But yeah. yeah, like there's so many levels of of you know what we didn't expect. Like even the cleaning of the place. That like the place, ninety percent of brewing is is cleanliness. Right. Uh, if you don't have a clean place, you're not going to have good beer. And that that in and of itself is a whole world. Uh, you know, learning all these different things to 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 make the product perfect. Going from home brewing to commercial brewing is a radical change. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And what do you think is one of the hardest adjustments that you've had to make since opening? Time. 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 Time, time management. Yeah. Time management because Dan and I both have full time jobs. Uh, okay. We have families. Uh, so we have our, we still have our original careers and we're getting this off the ground, uh, which in and of itself is a career. So we're, 
trying to juggle those three things, family, our careers, and the brewery, that's the biggest challenge. Yeah, time time management's a huge one. And uh, mm-hmm. what are qualities that you guys possess that make you good business owners? Uh, I, I think you agree with me, Dan. Tenacity. Tenacity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the ability to not give up when when it feels like you just want to throw your hands in the air and walk away. Right. To just, you know, put your shoes back on, get out there and keep humping, man. Just, you know, you got to give it your all. And even in the worst of times, you know, you, you just, you know, you have the vision and you, you see you see what the potential could be and you just keep pushing forward, man. Right. Yeah, we have, the saying, we have a saying that if a wall gets in front of us, we don't go around it, we don't go over it, we go through it at first. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of been our that's kind of been our mantra. Like with that and, mantra. and believe Brett when he tells you we've had a lot of obstacles in front of us yes. from day one. Yes, yeah, you you had you had put me on to a few uh prior to the interview. So yes, I uh, I believe it. And what do you think's been one of the biggest lessons you've learned? So far, you can go good first. Question. That's a good question. I, I would think, I, I, would think um, I guess for me personally, because I've always uh, been self-employed, is it was a learning curve, but it worked. Is 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 working with somebody with different opinions, and okay. listening to them and working with them. Well, I'm talking about Dan, but you know. Uh, yeah, no, no, I, I know where you're going with this, Fred. I was, yeah. I was kind of going to go into the same thought process, but I'll let you like finish we, first. We met each, yeah, when we first met each other, we butted heads. I had my idea, Long Beach Brewing Company, and he came in with his years of experience and his idea of a brewery. Right. Uh, and through a lot of fighting, it's the exact opposite now. We never, we've learned how to value each other choose our battles and and, 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 yeah but but even like value each other's opinions without taking person without being angry about it taking it personally right even though they might be different are diametrically opposed for sure yeah you know i'm gonna i'm gonna add to that by saying you know like i came into this i had been home brewing for gosh i started in like 1994 as a home brewer and i you know was you know, involved with home brewing clubs. I was involved with, you know, just like the, the brewing scene for a while. And then I, I, like I said, I had dropped out of it, you know, just like completely stopped one day. Right. And, uh, you know, life took over, had to take care of kids, was going through a divorce, whatever. But, you know, so when I came into the project, Brett already had this vision of what Long Beach Brewing Company was to him. And, you know, since I came into the project and it was already, Long Beach Brewing Company, you know, and I, I was asked to join in with, with them and our, you know, no longer partner at the time. Um, I was asked to be a part of this project and I came into it, you know, kind of with my own ideas and my own um, my own thoughts on what we should be doing. And, you know, again, Brett already had this whole vision in his head for a long time already. Right. So now we weren't friends prior to this. It wasn't like we were buddies that we hung out and we were like, Oh, let's, let's open a brewery together. It was literally, hi, I'm Dan, I'm Brett. Okay, cool. Let's go into business together. (laughs) And, and it was like, all right, now we're both juxtaposing for, 
you know, this leadership position, if you will. Um, and we butted heads a lot until we both found what our position in the company needed to be, you know, like, what are you, what are your strong points? What are my strong points? You're good at doing this. All right. You do that. You know, we didn't know that yet because we didn't know each other. You know, we, we're doing. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we did. We had no idea how to, you know, um, transpose it into a, a commercial aspect of, you know, you know, being a legitimate company that's out there putting gear out, you know, legally, you know what right. I mean? We were, you know, prior to that, we just, we were homebrewers that thought we knew what we were doing. And, yeah, for you sure. Know, we really had, we had no idea. So to answer your question, that's kind of what it was, was that's the biggest, like, that was a big change for me. Always. I never listened to anybody except for my wife. <laughs> and then, you know, so it was a big change for me and it, it, it's worked out great. We really have an understanding of each other now and we, you know, we, we, we work well, we, 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 Everything's constructive. Nothing's destructive. Right. Having an open mind, so to speak. I'm, I tend to shoot from the hip a lot, and I'll just like, I'll throw an idea at Brett. And I'm like, all right, we got to do this. This is great. Come on. This is going to be amazing. This is going to be great. And then Brett comes in with the, the voice of reason. He's like, all right, Dan. Okay. <laughs> this is the reality of what you're talking about. And I'm like, no, nah, screw it, man. Let's do it. And he's like, just take a pill. Chill out yeah. for a little bit. <laughs> you know? And, and, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, you know, so it's, uh, you know, if it was up to me, I, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> sometimes I'm just, uh, I, the thought comes in my head and it's out my mouth before my brain even computed it. Right. Running and gunning. <laughs> yeah. And then, and if that's it brain... him, If it was up to him, there'd be like a Tarzan swinging in the bar and he'd have a, he'd have a singlet on swinging around. So who do you think's inspired you both? Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you've come in contact with a lot of people in the beer industry by now. Um, who do you think's inspired you the most in the beer industry? Dan Moss is who Dan mentioned, who was the brewer at Fire Island. Okay. And then his then assistant brewer, John Green, were the two guys who really, really, there were a lot of people that have helped us, but those two guys more than anyone were just so gracious and so knowledgeable and so willing to give us that knowledge and share the knowledge with us. It's the, those two guys, for me, it was those two guys. There's many, many more. Don't get me wrong, but those two right. guys were the, the big ones. They were the big ones. Still are, too. Yeah. Who inspired me the most in this industry? Has to be Sam Calgioni from Dogfish Head. Right, right. Um, he has absolutely made me think that the unachievable is achievable if you just believe in what you're doing. Um, had had a great moment in time where I had the pleasure of, you know, meeting him and sitting down and talking with him for, you know, a couple of hours. Right. Um, just him, his wife and his son and my girlfriend and I, we sat in a room in his original brew house. He just talked to me like if I was like a younger brother. Right. And it was just, it changed my whole perspective on why I'm doing what I'm doing and, and the integrity that I should have while I'm doing it. The people that Brett mentioned, Dan Moss and, and John Green, who I'd like to mention that John Green now has his own, his own brand out in the market he, um, called Stay Green Brewing. Okay. Um, and yep. John is a, a proprietor out of our 
facility as well. And he manages Maltman Canning. Um, and he also manages Maltman Canning. That's right, Brett. I'm sure he's Where, doing. I'm sure he's doing very well too. If he has a canning business, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're doing great. I, I believe doing, it. I believe it. It's a great model to have for us, especially like any any growing brewery. You can't afford a canning machine like us at this point. It's a godsend. Yeah, to be right. Able to can have mobile canning like that. Yeah, and and during COVID, I mean, I'm sure that was just a yeah godsend. Right, exactly, insane. Um, yeah, having beer in cans during like when the COVID crisis first hit. Right. You know, and us having a, a you know having an inventory of cans available at that time was 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 a savior for us because now all of a sudden we we lost all of our bar accounts. Obviously, all the bars had shut down, and yeah, right. now Is the that... state opened up, gave us the ability to literally deliver door to door, where <laughs> we were taking turns loading. You know, like we were taking orders over the phone or over you know. Over social media, people were calling us and, and sending us messages and ordering beer, and we'd load it up in our car and just get out there and freaking drive, man. Drive to people's houses right to their front door, bringing them four packs of beer. That's and awesome. it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was fun. I mean, I had a lot of fun doing yeah. that. It was kind of like cool. It was like, all right, who's going to call today? How many, how many deliveries are we going to have? And we would take turns. Like, the, you know, at the time we had our other partner with us. And, you know, we would all meet at the brewery in the morning and we would just wait for the orders to come in and be like, all right, you go out on this run. And then the next guy comes back and you go out on this run. And we were just taking turns, just flying all over the place, driving beer around to people. So it was kind of fun. I mean, for, you know, it was a good experience, to be honest with you, even though it, like everything really sucked. <laughs> yeah. But you get to but be, it was, it you was get to be, to do uh, at the moment. you get to act as Santa Claus, man, you know? Get to drop off yeah, beer. Listen, people. We were bringing happiness to people's <laughs> doorsteps. You know, people wanted beer and they were afraid to go outside. Right. And, you know, we were like, we would get to their front door. We'd call them up and be like, all right, I'm going to leave it on the doorstep. And, uh, you know, we were sanitizing all the cans as we were dropping them off. We were spraying like food grade sanitizer on the right, can, right. dropping them off on the doorstep. You know, delivering with gloves on, and you know, like it was just, it was, it was nuts, dude. It was nuts. Of course, of course, yeah, I know. I was in the thick of it. Uh, you know, I'm a firefighter, so responding to calls and all that, and seeing it all, people terrified and whatnot. So, yeah. Well, thank you for doing what you do, yeah. man, because it takes a lot of guts. Well, well, thank you, for, thank you for brewing beer. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You guys are badasses. I got a couple of friends yes. that do it, and it's uh, and you guys. The great thing about it is you guys are like, yeah, that's just my job. Yeah, right. I mean, listen, it's it's a, it's a paycheck, but you know, yeah. Sometimes you get that big moment, you know, and it's it's nice, but you know, you're helping people, and uh, you also get paid for it, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, <laughs> great attitude. Yeah. Great attitude. So. Is there a moment that sticks out for you that kind of uh, is like a successful moment in your mind that you saw things going in the right direction? Well, on my birthday four years ago, the equipment arrived. That's that's a beautiful and, thing. Yes. And that was it. We got the equipment from Portland, Oregon. We bought American. Everything we have is American made, American steel. Um, and when that stuff came, it was a wonderful, wonderful day. That meant we were we were on our way. And then when Dan brewed our first beer, uh, you know, I was there for that, but, uh, it was that, you know, when that first beer from the whole time from our mission, because it took a long time. We got our equipment in and to get it all hooked up, plumbing, electric, uh, everything that needed to be done. 
to that first beer, that was amazing. Right. That yeah. was the, when that first beer went out. That was a big, big moment for us. I'm sure. Yeah, that, that was. It's funny because I I felt the joy in that exactly the same way that Brett did. It was like we had a year prior to that gone out to Oregon. We you know we interviewed a few different um, manufacturers out there. We decided on one. We had the equipment made for us, and now then it was the wait. When is it coming? When is it coming? When is it coming? And right. There yeah. were delays. And there was like the upset, the agony of like, when is it coming? We got to get, we, you know, we have deadlines or, you know, at least we thought we had deadlines, but, you know, turned out like it didn't really matter. But, you know, in our heads, like we need to get beer made. We need to get product out. We need to start making money with this stuff. That I, I still remember that morning when I got to the brewery and we, we were waiting for the trucks because they drove the equipment out from Oregon on, on you know, big flatbed, 18-wheeler trucks. And I remember us just waiting, like, out front, waiting to watch and see <laughs> if the trucks were coming down the road. <laughs> and it was just really a cool moment, you know, when we finally had everything hooked up. And I was like, all right, guys, we're firing up the brew house. And that guy, Dan Moss, that we keep mentioning, he had brewed on many, many different systems. He had brewed for, like, Brooklyn Brewery at one time, you know. He's got, he had an extensive career in brewing right. at the time. Nice background. And I was like, begging him. I was like, you got to come down and at least brew uh, like the, our first batch of beer with us. Because I have no idea what I'm doing on this equipment. You right. Know, it just yeah. looked, it looked massive to me, you know. And I was like, all right. Like I had said earlier in, the, in our conversation, we were very lucky with the, with the companies we had contract brewed with because the brewers allowed us to sit in on the brew sessions and told us exactly what they were doing and why the equipment, you know, how the equipment works. And, you know, now you, you know, you go from home brewing and now you're on this huge equipment that has pumps, there's heat exchangers, there's, yeah, there's right. so much stuff that, you know, from a home brewing scale, you, you don't have any of that stuff. It's like, you know, you, you just don't. We brewed our first batch with Dan. And then the second batch was, all right, guys. I'm going to brew our second batch of beer and I'm, I'm all alone. <laughs> <laughs> and it was this moment of, oh shit, I better not screw this up, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was scary. It was a scary moment. And you didn't, oh, thank you, Brett. Thank you. Um, you know, but it was, it was a scary moment for me personally, being the brewer for the company and, and it being my responsibility to make sure that we have liquid that goes into cans that is, you know, viable and, and that people are going to enjoy it just it was just mind-blowing experience for me you know it was just like oh shit i'm really doing this right now it's awesome and and it was real you know yeah right like, you know it wasn't like i was just homebrewing for my friends i'm like we're gonna actually sell this shit <laughs> yeah it's a good feeling you know it's a great feeling yeah it was a great feeling it, it, it and i still I, I gotta be honest with you every time i fire up the brew house i still get that little butterfly in my stomach like wow, I'm really getting to do this, you know? Yeah, right. And it's four years later and I'm still doing it, you know? So I'm like, wow, this is cool. It's a beautiful thing. So, I mean, I know you guys uh, had a long road before that that actually happened, before you got your brewing equipment and uh, and it's been a while since, but how important is uh, a mental break for you? Are you able to take those yet? And uh, what does that look like? Uh, our mental breaks consist of, you know, you know how the the mantra when you always hear in the in the films like there'll be a dealer and you're not supposed to get high on your old supply. Well, uh, thank God we have our supply because that's our mental break. We can't really. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's no there until we get our tasting room approved. 
there's no downtime. Right. There's zero downtime. Like we, yeah. we, we, it's, we're constantly thinking day and night about what we can do to bring in revenue. Money. Basing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's for Brett and I, it's, um, you know, it's since we started this company legally, you know, like selling beer legally. Right. Because I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to, from 2014 till we sold our first beer in 2018, I'm just going to forget about that for right now. But from 2018, when we sold our first keg of beer till now, we've literally been working seven days a week. It's wild. You wow. know, it's our day jobs or, or, or there, we're just not stopped yet. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe a couple of like days off, like, you know, a, you know, a day off here and there. Right, sprinkled but in. for the okay. most part, the last four years has been nothing but, you know, seven day a week humps where, you know, we, we just go, man. We just yeah. go. <laughs> the hustle is amazing. The hustle is real. We, don't, we, we have yet to have an ulcer and we still have all our hair. So I don't know what's <laughs> perfect. Well, it's working. If it's working, it's working, you know? It's great. Yeah. We're trying and we, you know, we're, we're doing everything we can to, to make it be as ex- a successful story, if you will. Um, yeah, we, absolutely. Know, we haven't given up. Like, you know, I have many conversations with other friends in the brewing industry and a lot of them are like, I can't believe you guys are still here four years into this with no tasting room and you're still, you're selling it. You're, you know, you're selling beer, and, and you guys are managing to stay afloat, where most companies would have folded by now. It's and awesome. We're like, yeah, man. You know, like, and and then and then and then you hear, you know, you you'll talk to we'll talk to people sometimes, and they'll be like, oh, I never heard of you guys, and I'm like, yeah, well, it's because we don't have a tasting room for you to come hang out in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we open our tasting room to uh, you know people come in, pick up beer. Obviously, we're we're allowed to do that, and you know, we get visitors that stop through and they want to sample some stuff, and you know, we're allowed to do that as well. But uh, you know, we can't have live music. We can't do you know. There's a lot of things we can't do yet, you know. Yeah. And we're just you know, Brett and I are very anxious for that day. And when I'll be honest with you, Michael, when when we hear the day that you know you guys are good to go. That's going to be an aha moment for me and Brett. It's going to be like, oh shit, now it's real. Right. Because up, up to now, it feels real, but it doesn't feel real because without a tap room, sometimes it's just like, yeah, well, why are we still doing this? Yeah, you're not, you know? you're not then, actually interacting. Then, you're not interacting with the people that are drinking. You're not seeing them drink it for the first time and whatnot. So I understand. Right. Right. You'll, your beer will be out there and you don't have that personal connection to right, yeah. your consumer. You know, it, it, it makes it hard to have that personal connection with our consumer. Gotcha. Um, but we seem to have some sort of a following because, you know, we keep making more beer and they keep buying it. So it's great. It kind of feels good to knowing that, you know? Absolutely. So what yep. was, what was both of your uh, guys gateway beer into the craft beer world? Mine was, I have, I have a bunch of friends. There were a lot of reasons why I came up with the idea of having a brewing company. And one of them was, I have a lot of friends just luck, just the luck of the draw on a lot of bars in Manhattan. Okay. And before, way before I was, when I lived in Manhattan, I would go to my friend's bar and he would get 
Garrett Oliver, when he was brewing all the time at, at Brooklyn, he would he, once a year he put out uh, his, his own, I forget what it was called, Dan, you remember, like his Brewer Select series. Okay. Uh, at that point in my life, I didn't know much past import beers. I, I never liked Budweiser. Or I never liked any of those Miller or Nat, Natty Lights. I never liked those. I always liked imported beers. Right. I went to my buddy's place and he said, here, here's from Brooklyn Brewery. It's the brewer, uh, you know, brewer select. He put, he only puts out like one batch of these. Never had an IPA before. And this is before, I don't think anybody ever heard of an IPA at this point. This was years and years ago. This must have been like 15 years ago. And Garrett Oliver had made it an IPA and I drank it and it absolutely blew my mind. Right. And was, that was, I was like, holy shit, this is what beer can taste like. And that kind of really got the ball rolling. That's awesome. And, for myself, um, I back like in my early twenties, I was playing like I was playing in a rock band, uh, you know, playing like in a hardcore band in New York City, just doing like all these shows and stuff like that. And uh, we had finished recording a demo, and the the guy that owned the studio like bought all these beers for us to drink. And I really wasn't a beer drinker at all. Like I didn't really even like beer. You know, to me, it was like yeah, I'd rather rather smoke some weed. <laughs> that was like my 20s you know just like i'd rather do that but whatever these beers were there and uh i tried an anchor steam beer and i was like anchor steam anchor beer, steam, what the yeah. hell is that and i just was like blown away by this flavorful beer i was like wow this is really good i could i could drink this this has a lot of flavor to it because prior to that you know like brett said you know what, what was there to drink and this is like well, it's got to be about like 25 to 30 years ago, 30 yeah, years ago at least. Right. Yeah, it wasn't 15 for me. It was a lot longer than that. Yeah, it had to be longer yeah. than that. Yeah. yeah. It was like 30 years ago, you know? Yeah. And, and I drank an Anchor Steam beer and I was like, holy shit, this is really good, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, was, I would look for different beers here and there and I would go to a beer distributor and be like, hey, what do you got that's not, you know, because back then there wasn't really a large, there wasn't cra- like a selection of craft breweries that you could pick from. Nope. There was, you know, <laughs> what came from what came from Belgium, what came from Germany, and you know, then I then I got onto Delirium, and then I was just like, holy crap! Yeah, Delirium's crazy. <laughs> this stuff is amazing, and you know, those two beers right there were like the benchmark of why I really fell in love with brewing beer. You awesome. Know? So what do that you- was but that was the beginning for me. Gotcha. So what do you think is next for your brewery? Uh, what does the future look like for, for Long Beach? Question marks. Question marks. <laughs> awesome. No, I, <laughs> we have to get this tasting open. If we don't, then we have to pivot. Right. Uh, giant question. If, if we get the tasting room, the future's solid. That tasting room, we, there are so many people that are just begging, begging for us to have that tasting room open. That we know it's good. We know it'll do well if we get the tasting room open. The future is going to be great for us, but we just don't know yet. Okay. Yeah. We're in a we're in a state of limbo, if you will. Right. We're just kind of holding. We're just kind of holding holding the reins right now. Um, and we're you know we're waiting for our hearing date with the town of Hempstead. Um, we're just hoping that everything goes smoothly, which you know the first time it did not. So we're hoping that this uh, this time it will be in our favor. You know, we're you know we're doing everything by the book, and we're you know just 
trying to do the right thing and create, you know, an atmosphere. You know, we're in Oceanside, which is right now, we we believe Oceanside will be a new mecca for beer because you've got you've got three breweries in walking distance of each other. There's a winery now. There's a distillery now. Just one town in Nassau County on the South Shore with three breweries, a distillery, and a winery. Right. Yeah. You know, it's awesome. Less than less than fifteen miles from New York City, and a train ride stop that stops literally at almost every brewery. So it's like pretty cool. And, you know, Brett and I are very optimistic about what the future of, of this area that we're in could be, you know, it's a little industrial park and, uh, you know, we have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of hopes for what it can become. And, uh, we're just trying to do things the right way, you know? Yeah. It's really it. Yeah. That's, uh, just keep on trucking, man. Slow and steady wins the race. And, and fingers yeah. fingers crossed for that hearing. Uh, if we go any slower, they'll start throwing shovelfuls of dirt over us. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, if somebody came to you and asked you for advice on opening their own place, what would you tell them? Well, well I would say if you want to open up your own place, you cannot. You have to be committed. Right. This, you can't go at it half-assed. You can't be like it's it's. It, there's no way it could be a hobby. You, you, you just won't you'll bury yourself instantly. You bury yourself monetarily because you have to put out money no matter what to start the business. And if you're not willing to commit 100%, not 99, not 98, 100%, it's not going to happen. But, yeah, I mean, there's lots of sacrifices you need to make. But, yeah, but believe it. you know, the rewards are great. I mean, if, if you're into it and you have a great product, you know, you guys, you, you touched on it before with uh, with being Santa Claus during COVID. It's like, you know, you pour somebody a beer and they like your beer and you see that smile because they like your beer. That is, that's a great thing. feeling. It's a beautiful thing. thing. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. It's a great feeling. Great feeling when you hear somebody go like, wow, this is really good. I didn't, or I didn't expect it to be that good. Or, you know, it's not what I expected. This is amazing. You know, it's like you, you feel there's a sense of pride there. there there's just a really good sense of pride. I believe it. Um, but like Brett said, you know, if you're going to get into this business, you you better be getting into it because you absolutely love it. You need to be prepared to sacrifice. For, uh, for instances, you know, the day my son was born, Brett was away on business because he's an editor. And he had to be away. I think you were working the, was it the Olympics? But I don't yeah, remember I think, what it was. I think it was the Olympics, yeah. And my other partner at the time was not available either. And my son William was born at eight twenty in the morning. At eleven thirty in the after eleven thirty in the morning, I was delivering a keg of beer. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, well, you know, I said to my girlfriend, I'm like. Uh, yeah, I gotta go make a delivery, and she's like, she just looked at me and she said, "I understand. Go just wow. right away." Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Wo- it's an amazing I, woman. I, I'm taking a nap, <laughs> and, and and the baby's, you know, the baby was gonna be sleeping. She's like, um, "I need to take a nap, and I need to rest for a little bit." So I'm gonna close my eyes. The baby's gonna be with the nurses for a little bit. Go do the delivery. Come back. <laughs> awesome. And I did. <laughs> I think Ben touched on something there too. Is whoever you're with, too, 
has to be on board. Right, absolutely. Yeah, difficult, real difficult. We're lucky we both have. My wife is great. You know, she's very understanding, she's very supportive, you know, because I'm not home much between my regular job and at the brewery. Of course. Uh, so that's, that's a big, that's a big part of it too. That's a big part of it. Uh, if you have somebody else in your life, right? if it wasn't for this tasting room, other than that, it, it's such a great thing. We, we, Dan and I both love doing it. Absolutely love doing it. Gotcha. And, uh, did you guys happen to have a funny story for me? I've been home brewing for a while with, uh, our former partner. We were just home brewing and things were going well. People were loving our beers. And I don't know if you know, have you ever heard of Irish Day at Long Beach? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so Irish Day is, just for anybody listening, Irish Day is Long Beach's version of St. Paddy's Day. Because mm-hmm. St. Paddy's Day isn't enough for Long Beach. Long Beach is another <laughs> one. So they have yeah. Irish Day. And the block I moved into, we were new in the neighborhood, the block I moved into, that's where the parade would stage. So all the fire trucks, the bands, they would all be on my block, like right in front of my house where my wife and I started throwing parties every year. After Sandy... Uh, it wiped out most of our equipment. I mean, most of our ingredients. The equipment is still good. Uh, so me and and my our former partner, we put together whatever was left. We just threw it in the pot, and we called it "Suck It, Sandy." It was like it was ten percent ABV, I think. Right. So people at like ten, we are, we start the party at ten o'clock before the parade starts. People are going nuts. I have a. I don't know if you could picture this, but I have a porch on the second floor and a long staircase in the front. So everybody's up on the porch going nuts, going, oh, the suck it, Sandy's great, Brennan's great. And there's a band sitting on the street waiting to go. They have the kilts on. It's a fireman's band. They have the kilts on, their bagpipes, the drums. And they're just sitting there sad, looking up at this party, like right in front of them going nuts at 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning. So the chief comes up, the chief walks up, our kegerator's up at the top of the top of the stairs he comes walking up the stairs in his kilt he says what do you got there and i go it's uh it's my beer he goes what do you mean it's your beer i said i made it he goes you made this beer can i taste it i said sure he takes a sip he brings it downstairs down the stairs goes to the band the band all takes a sip and then there was a line of kilts going up to the kegerator that's, awesome. that's when i turned <laughs> that's when i turned to my buddy because i had been thinking about it for a while because everybody right. liked our beers and i said that's it it's time for long beach brewing company right there awesome and that was uh, that was that was the aha moment that I really decided to go all guns blazing to get this thing open. And that was, I think, 12, 11, 12 years ago. When I kid, that's how long it's yeah. taken. <laughs> wow. Well, it's a phenomenal story. It's awesome. That's an awesome aha moment, man. Yeah, it was great. It was great. So uh, I mean, an aha moment with kills. Come on. It's great. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, boys, it was a bunch of firemen, so that's even better. (laughs) Yeah, right. There you go. It just, it mixes in perfectly. It was meant to be. Uh, I have a little segment, segment called Quick Fire Five, five quick questions, beer related. Ready? We'll do our best. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, somebody comes, well, they can't come into your brewery, but if they could come into your brewery, what's one of the beers you'd recommend they try? Go ahead, Dan. Pilsner. How about Pilsner? Happy Pilsner. I got to say, and mine is uh, our brand new one, of course. We just made a hazy IPA called Of Course. Of course? I'm good right now. All right. Favorite brewery other than your own? Dogfish Head for me. All right. Uh, Russian River Brewing Company. Russian River. All right. Favorite style of beer? Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> there isn't one. There isn't one. <laughs> 
Uh, favorite style of beer? Shit. That's a hard one, man. Yeah, I don't have one. If you had to pick a beer to choose right now out of the fridge, which would it be? In my <laughs> fridge right now is a, is a can of our, our – it's one of our beers. It's a, a Bach that we did, Doppelbach with Dubco Brewing Company. We did a collaboration called Liquid Bread. Awesome. All right. Uh, barrel-aged, imperial, or both? Why not both? Who cares? Both. All right. <laughs> barrel-aged for me. Barrel-aged. I'm a, I'm a yeah, big... I'm, I don't really enjoy super high alcohol. I don't really enjoy beers that are above like 8%. You know, it, it, it's a rare find for me right. that I enjoy something that is really high octane. I'm a lightweight. I don't. That's why. I, that's why we're great partners. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't mind at all. <laughs> the happy medium, uh, and you yeah. have and you have one keg of beer to hold you over for a two week quarantine. What beer are you choosing? Uh, for me, it would be uh, Dogfish Head's Festina Peach. Ooh. And mine's uh, Pliny, Pliny the Elder. Pliny the Elder. All right. Well, uh, gentlemen, that is all I have for you. Thank oh, you. Michael, it's been a damn pleasure. Yes, thank you, thank, much. thank you so much, Dan, Brett. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time, Mike. Yeah. This was, it was fun. It was, it was fun getting, uh, I guess, reminisce and just get things off our, you know, just let it out sometimes. Sometimes you yeah. have all this, you yeah. have all these, all this history of your what you've been doing in your head. And right. you kind of, there were moments, like, I, like we were saying earlier, there were moments where you're just like, why am I doing this? Right, right. <laughs> talk it out and let it out and you're like oh okay now i remember why i was doing it i really like this i, I really enjoy this right i'm i'm thinking maybe i should start a uh, a therapy brewery podcast instead yes <laughs> trust me i know a lot of frustrated brewers out there i believe it i believe it well i'm mike curtain for the brewer daughter podcast here with dan scandifio and brett blau co-owners of long beach brewing company in oceanside new york thank you guys appreciate it thanks mike Thanks for having us, Mike. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Dan Scandefio and Brett Blau, co-owners of Long Beach Brewing Company in Oceanside, New York. Whether you're passing through, you live in the area, or just visiting a friend nearby, definitely check them out. Also, give them a follow on social media while you're at it as well, so when they do open that tap room, you can swing on by and have a beer with the guys. Every other Sunday, I'll be releasing a new episode, so subscribe, and you'll never miss one. Unless you want to miss one, then you shouldn't subscribe. But I really think you should subscribe, because then you'll never miss one. See how that works out? What a concept. Also, give us a follow on social media while you're at it, because I can use the followers so I can impress all my friends. The one that I have. Okay, it's my mom. Well, I'm Mike Hurton for the Brew Old Order Podcast. You stay safe out there.